You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I am Steph and I have a guest here with me today who has been on this podcast before and is one of you guys' favorites. So I am going to go ahead and let him introduce himself and let you know where you can find him online. Hello, thanks for having me back. Uh, my name is Caleb Turner. Uh, I go by Fortune by Caleb. That's my business name. It's a fortune telling and divination business. Um, and you can find me anywhere. Um, Instagram and Facebook are the big ones. Uh, I do have a website, fortunebycalum.com, and I've got a list of podcasts there. I think our podcasts are on it as well. If people want to check out our previous episodes on, I think it was Palmistry um, and maybe Lenormand Cards. I think that was another one that we did. We did. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to talk about um, tea leaf reading, which I'm not sure if you've ever gotten into before. It's kind of like a lost art. I know I'm really excited and that is something that I do like a little bit of, but I am really just a beginner in this. So I am very excited to chat with you about tea leaf reading. And I know the listeners just love hearing from you. I know they keep going back to the palmistry episode and reaching out to you for <laughs> readings and things. So I know that you are a perennial. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. I think we maybe did that like two or three years ago. And I, like every so often, I mean, it was popular back then, but every so often people will be like, I heard you on which Wednesday is going to have a palm reading. Um, Cause that's kind of niche as well. Um, it is. But I took up tea leaf reading as well, because I think like most people, there is this sort of like collective imagination or collective consciousness I guess that people have about tea leaf reading where um it used to be super popular it was like a major pastime and say like the 1800s or even like a hundred years ago it seems that everybody I've heard so many people say you know oh my great-grandmother read tea leaves or my great-auntie did or you know they have all these stories but they're kind of from a time gone by you don't see a lot of tea leaf readers these days I think it is becoming more popular again there's kind of a revival because there's more tarot readers than ever because tarot is very accessible. There's more witches out there than I would say than before um, who are kind of open and identifying because it's not illegal anymore. There's less persecution. And so people are kind of curious to get back in tea leaf reading and yeah, see what the, the people of their past uh, families like took an interest in it as well. I think it's always been uh, really popular in Britain back then because we love tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't do. really matter if you're from like England or Scotland or, or Wales, like everyone in Britain loves a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it really died out of popularity. I would say probably in the 1930s and 40s, um, possibly like due to the, the wars, um, you know, and tea supply being tricky, um, but also because of the invention of the tea bag, right? It's not tea leaves anymore. <laughs> it's right. like desiccated herbs and a little pouch. Um, and you can actually read those as well. We'll talk about methods in a little bit, but traditionally it was loose leaf tea that was being read. Um, I always go for black tea because I think it shows up well in a white cup, but I think oolong is really traditional as well. Um, and tea kind of has Asian origins, right? It comes from the East. So it's probable that um, in Asia, tea leaves have been read many, many centuries ago. Didn't really come to the West until the 1700s, I think it was. Um, but there are similar things across the world. I mean, in Turkey, you know, sort of where Europe and Asia uh, meat. Uh, I think coffee reading is really popular and traditional there. Um, 
in ancient Greece, they used to read the uh, the stains in their cup left by wine, by red wine. Um, so it is kind of like cup reading in a sense, uh, not just tea leaves. You know, you can use coffee, you can use anything that sort of leaves a stain or a pattern. Um, but it became su super popular in Britain, and I would say even the US as well during the 1800s, um, because of the rise of spiritualism and the spiritualist movement, kind of the same with um, palmistry and I, I guess tarot as well. Oh, I love that. I, there, it, there really is so much history behind it. And it's interesting how many different cultures have some version of it and how similar yeah. it ended up being at the end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, it is, I suppose, if you learn to read one, you you know, you can read another. I never read coffee because I actually don't drink it. I don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can, it's kind of like learning the language of symbology. And that really does like spill over um, into, into other methods, which is really cool. Um, it kind of opens up a, a different world for people. Um, I think things like tarot and astrology, um, it's very sort of set in what it is. You know, there's always the 78 cards or there's always the 12 signs with tea leaf reading because it's pretty much any symbol that you can see in the cup. You know, it might be an animal. It might be a shape, it might be a cross, it might be a number, a pattern. Um, you can even see people in the cup sometimes as well. You can see the actual shape or face of individuals. Um, so it really is an exercise in opening up your imagination when you're kind of connecting to your, your psychic sense. Um, I'd say it's probably one of the most creative forms um, of fortune telling. And some people can get really stuck with that. I actually think kids are, kind of great with that they're great at kind of seeing shapes in the clouds and that could even be kind of compared to, to tea leaf reading you know um it's all about getting your imagination going with it yeah that's something I struggle with and I struggled with as a kid too like I wasn't great with like the cloud shapes that all of my friends were seeing I was like what are you guys talking about so I do struggle <laughs> with uh tea leaves even now it's just like that yeah. My brain has always kind of been shut off. I'm trying to be better at it. I'm trying to embrace it, but I struggle. Well, sometimes it's clearer than others. And, you know, different people are going to see different things. Sometimes I'll post to my Instagram a picture of a teacup and I'll say, um, what do people see? Because I want to see if they see the same thing as me, right? And some of them will, but you'll get like a whole host of like different interpretations or visions of what people see in the shape of the tea um, and it's also different depending what kind of tea you use I think loose leaf tea you don't get as many shapes with it but they seem to be more defined I, I, I always stick out in my mind because I'm a Pisces right so I see a lot of fish in my cup like <laughs> all the time <laughs> in the tea leaves but when I when I see that with say like loose leaf tea it seems to be very detailed it's almost like I can see the eye the mouth the scales um, whereas if it's just sort of desiccated tea, it's really just the shape that you get. Um, so it, you kind of have to figure out what kind of tea works right for you. Um, probably should tell people how to, how to do it a little bit. I mean, I always go with desiccated tea these days just because I feel like you get a lot more out of it. It coats the cup a lot better. There's a lot um, more symbols in the cup. And I would just rip open the tea bag, put it in a traditional teacup. And this is maybe where a lot of people, why it died out a little bit as well, because not a lot of people have like a teacup and saucer 
these days <laughs> like the fight very, in china like very true actually yeah. now that I think about it of like how few of my friends really have like teacups or tea sets that's not a thing exactly anymore. yeah nobody has a traditional tea set anymore but everybody has a coffee mug right it's not right. going to do well because coffee mugs are so vertical everything's just going to fall to the bottom whereas a teacup is kind of rounded um you know you can get stuff to stick to the side so you'll need a teacup and saucer <laughs> to start with that's the basics um <laughs> and then some tea uh, whether it be loose leaf tea or or the kind of desiccated tea in the tea bag, I would take it out of the tea bag, put it in the cup. There are superstitions around, and I think this is more traditional, like that you have to drink the tea before you read it. Personally, I don't believe that. Um, I think if you sort of fill the cup with water and pour it out yourself, um, you know, that's enough of kind of putting putting your energy into it. But you want to leave a little bit of water in the teacup, kind of like the same amount. I would say equal parts tea and water, just covering the sort of bottom of the cup. You can just turn it right over onto the saucer, but that might make a little bit of a mess. What I always do is I put the saucer on top of the teacup, give it a little shake, turn it over and then tap it just to get out any remaining water onto the saucer. And what you should see is the cup totally coated in different patterns all around the sides, right? Because when we read teacups, it's kind of relevant to where you find the tea. Um, a lot of people will put um, to the right-hand side of the cup, they'll see that more as future stuff and the left being the past. The bottom of the cup maybe being a little bit more like spiritual messages or subconscious messages. Um, so I would say if you want to get like a good reading, make sure it's all over the cup. <laughs> you don't want it to just like slump to the, to the bottom. Good tips. I think as well, um, when you're kind of shaking it about the cup, it is good to have an intention. Um, not necessarily a question, but I guess you could say like a focus. Um, you know, most people, when they come for a reading, they are looking for sort of future guidance. So just being open in that sense and perhaps like more thinking about the areas that you want to focus on, whether it be love or career, because that'll kind of give you a little bit of help in interpreting what the symbols actually are um, or what they're in reference to, right? Because symbols can mean certain things, but it's like, what is that in regards to? So you, your intention, setting an intention beforehand can be really helpful as well if there's um, something particular on your mind. That's similar to tarot as well, because they could apply to any area of your life. So if you come in with a little more specificity it's going to be a little yeah. bit of more clear reading yeah I mean I like um I actually prefer Lenormand cards for sort of general readings and tarot cards for like one area at, at a time um but the the teacup isn't like that and I, I think there are some more modern teacups um and it's kind of started in the last hundred years a lot of teacups specifically designed for tea leaf reading will be adorned with symbology they'll be adorned with like folk symbology or playing card symbology or like astrology symbols planetary symbols and you can kind of read those in the cup as well like what can what's being covered what is in or where where's the tea kind of gravitating towards i don't like those cups i say go with a plain white cup um because anything else on the cup, it's just going to kind of make it harder to see the actual symbols. Um, and even if you're the one doing the reading, I always think it's good to ask the person who is being read for, um, what do you see in the cup? You know, it's good to have their interpretation as well. Most people will take one glance and say, I don't know, I see tea. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see anything. They're, they're, they're just going to kind of like dismiss it immediately. But if you really take a minute to, you know, take a breath and look around the cup and um, just get your imagination going, it can be helpful to have um, 
two people looking into it and get both kind of um, interpretations. Um, and you might not see a symbol right away, someone else will, and they'll say, oh, you know, it's here's the tail, here's the head. Um, lots of different kinds of symbols you see in the cup. Animals are really common. So learning animal symbology is helpful, <laughs> um, but it can be anything. It could be animals, objects, people. I actually did a teacup reading for myself yesterday and I saw Great Britain and Ireland <laughs> very oh, <wow>. clearly, <laughs> which is not something I've seen before. Um, but you, you really can go anywhere with it. Um, I've even, I'm not like a medium or a spiritualist in any sense. Um, occasionally that would come through in the cards, but earlier this year I was reading for a lady. She sent me a picture of her tea and most of it had felt at the bottom. So I was like, okay, this isn't really going to be much of a future reading. It'll be whatever's there. But it was quite clearly an angel or the shape of what we would consider like a traditional angel, um, you know, like the wings and everything. Um, and then an old man with a sort of cane next to it. Um, so I interpreted that as like, you know, maybe this person has lost someone recently. It's an older man kind of walks about with a cane. And she was like, oh, yeah, my, my dad passed away two months ago and he did, you know, have a walking stick and whatever. So um, it's wild, the kind of scope that you can uh, different things that can come up in the teacup. It's things you don't expect as well. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think beyond that there are a lot of kind of revivalists as well. And there's a lot of kind of purity ideas about what you should do with the cup, right? You should only like um, turn it to the left or whatever. I'm not really a fan of like rules or superstitions unless they have sort of like concrete evidence in terms of how they're helping you in the reading, right? I think a lot of people get a little bit um, fanatical <laughs> and they want to kind of emulate how people were doing it exactly a hundred years ago. But I think like all forms of divination, it, it has to evolve with us. Yeah, I agree with that there. Cause there are a lot of, you know, rules and things about the traditional way to sort of spin the cup and which direction you should flip it over and things like that. But exactly. And, yeah. And tap it three day, times it has three because three is the most sacred number and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I do. I will, I will spin in three times only because three is my 33 technically is my favorite number. So <laughs> three tends to work for me as a number, but that's like a personal thing. Yeah, it's a good number. It's a lucky number. Um, personally, I don't spin it at all. I just don't think it's needed. I don't see how that's adding um, anything to the cup um, or changing the sort of shape of the the symbols in the tea. Because once it's turned over, um, it pretty much sticks like that if you've if you've done it right. If there is too much water in the cup, um, you know, all the tea is going to fall out. So it can take a few tries of getting it uh, to the right balance um to know how much water is enough water but not too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is there's a there's a learning experience that comes like with just like the basic mechanics before you even get into the symbolism in the reading it's just to figure out of like how to actually do it yeah and a lot of people when they look in at the cup they're they're just not sure where to start right they're not sure um how to start seeing symbols because the reality is it's not drawn <laughs> it's not like an intentional picture it's made of tea you know it's like wet herbs in a cup essentially <laughs> um, I saw a while ago um I learned this like a couple years ago from another uh tea leaf reader um the method of drawing the cup 
um, you know, just draw a circle, draw the handle. Um, and in tea leaf reading, we like I think a lot of readers are kind of agreeing that the handle represents yourself. Um, so anything that's close to it is either like a close influence or close in time. Um, again, the right side usually being associated with the future, the left side, um, the past. I tend to just focus on the future for all my readings. I make that kind of like um, intentional, but drawing can be really helpful. Um, because especially as you're drawing, and a lot of psychics do this as well, like people do automatic writing, a lot of artwork is sort of channeled and even mediums, they will like scribble on paper. Um, it just kind of, for some reason, it gets the intuition flowing. Um, and just like a side bit on palmistry, it's probably because there's so many nerves in our hands connected to the brain, um, energy coming through the hands as well. It can be really um, helpful, but also just fun to, to draw it out. Um, because anything can come up, whether it be like numbers, people, animals, astrology signs, um, but taking the time to really examine it and then draw it out can be sort of like a confidence booster. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good tip. I think I mentioned, uh, maybe not with yourself, but in a podcast before as well, um, in regard to Lenormand cards, Lenormand cards are based on tea leaf reading symbols, right? So uh, the cards are things like uh, the heart or the ring or the cross or the tree. These are symbols that are seen commonly in divination, um, but they were really like sort of based from tea leaf reading. So if you really got no idea where to start and you've got no idea what to draw, um, get yourself a Lenormand deck because the chances are one of those 36 symbols <laughs> will be in the cup if you're, if you're doing tea leaf reading. So it's just about finding them and growing the confidence to, yeah, to go after it. That's a great tip. I do not have a Lenormand deck. I, I, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, maybe if I like have so many different things that I want to get into. And I'm like, I can't pick one. Lenormand, I always say, is a mix of everything. It's based on tea leaf symbology. There's playing card symbology in it. Uh, some of the cards are similar to tarot, but interpreted differently. There's astrology cards in there. So it really is like everything in one. Um I think tea leaf reading is really just learning to read symbology. It's the language of symbols. And once you know that, um, you can read anything. You can read like signs in the street. You can read a bird flying into your house. You can read um, crystal ball. You can read dreams. It really is just learning the language of symbology, but it's going to be interpreted differently from person to person and based on the culture as well. Um, for example, like a common thing that shows up in the teacup is birds or the shape of a bird. Um, might be a specific bird, might just be, you know, the shape of a winged bird in general. For a lot of people, they would interpret that as um, freedom, you know, because birds kind of fly through the sky. They might interpret it as travel. Um, because I'm a Lenormand reader, I would interpret it as communication, social media, the internet, the sign of Gemini, you know. So it really, it's going to vary from person to person, but it will be correct for you based on whatever your experience is and whatever your intuition is telling you. Um, but it is good to have, I guess you could say, a variety of meanings for each symbol um, rather than interpreting it in the same way all the time. Um, because even if it's the same symbol coming up, it's not going to mean the exact same thing for every person. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, birds is a good one for me because that it comes up often. And my mother made me watch the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds, when I was like seven years old. Oh so my God. Terrifying, terrifying as a child. Yeah. I remember watching it as a child. <laughs> I watched that way too young because there used to be an Alfred Hitchcock like 
display ride something at Disney World and mm-hmm. we were to that when I was younger. My mom's like, we should watch the birds. I was like seven. I am still terrified of birds. They still, <laughs> if there's like a big group of them, like a, a, a big, you know, sect, we have pigeons really in Chicago. That's, you know, giant hordes of pigeons. And I, I'm still terrified by that. So I have to like keep that in the back of my mind when birds come up in like tea leaf reading or anything. I'm like, okay, is this something that like, for me personally, I should be scared of? Or is that just like my fear of birds coming through? It's not really supposed to be that. So birds is one for me. That's always tricky. <laughs> birds can be um, scary in a lot of ways. I mean, I remember uh, shortly, my uncle was very ill before he died. And uh, he actually had like a crow fly into his um, lounge, which is just like not something that happens often. You know, birds don't often fly into the house. But crows are like traditionally a symbol of death. Um, you know, they're kind of like messengers of the underworld in a lot of traditions. I had one flying in my house it wasn't a crow it was actually a bluebird um and bluebirds are more like seen as like a symbol of love and I think that happened uh a few months before I met my long-term partner um I can't remember what the form of divination is called where it is just reading signs I think for birds it's augury um but it's just reading nature in general there's a special word for that where you can read signs of animals or um you know anything that kind of pops up in nature um and i think tea leaf reading is a really great way to connect to that you know because it is herbal at the end of the day um it's taking something from the earth um mixing it with water potentially heating it with fire (laughs) depends if you want to actually you know have some hot tea and drink it um again i never i never like to drink it because i'm not a big tea drinker i'm not a great british person um (laughs) But it's, it's a really great way to connect to the earth as well and connect to kind of herbal magics if that's what people are into. Um, you know, you can do sort of magical readings with the, the cup. Um, I don't think there is a whole lot of um, knowledge. I'm certainly not into like uh, magical tea leaf reading traditions. It really is just divination for me. But because there are herbs in it, you can kind of take it anywhere, anywhere you want to go with it, the kind of herb that you're using or tea that you're using, I should say. Um, some might be better for love readings than others. Yeah, that's a great way to incorporate different herbs and really learn how to make your own tea blends uh, and yeah. that to your specific intention. Just add like another Just, layer of magic in there. Yeah, as long as people remember... Um, black tea or dark tea is going to be best right and that could even be like peppermint peppermint tea actually works amazing for tea leaf readings especially in the loose leaf one um i've ran out just now but say say if you're just using the the normal tea bags right and it's desiccated tea and you pick up like lemon and ginger i think someone once sent me like ginger tea with that because it's so light and the teacup presumably is going to be white or cream or like a light kind of opaque color um it's not going to show up very well um so dark is best and i think that's the reason why a lot of people want to be traditionalists as well and really use loose leaf tea because they feel like the symbols are going to be easier to see and they are i just don't think you get as many of them for a comprehensive reading as you do with the the tea that comes out of tea bags. Yeah, when there's really large or like long pieces of tea, it might like be easier to see, but there's only so many shapes that that yeah. can make then. Um, so you're yeah. kind of limited in what's going to come out. 
Yeah, and um, you're going to have to play around with it a little bit. I mean, oolong tea works really nice for sort of, or at least the one that I get, the sort of leaves that, that come up. Um, bear in mind, it's going to be different from like different sources and <laughs> different people that are selling it. Um, but oolong tea seems to show up very clear um, images. That's like the one I was talking about, the fish, right? I could see the eye, I could see the scales, I could see the tail. Um, the detail comes up is really incredible. But I'd also say you know, try your best to do it with less detail. Um, try your best to do it with the desiccated black tea because when you get that down, there's a lot to, to offer with that. Um, you, you can kind of coat the whole cup and there'll be dozens potentially of symbols in there. Um, so it can take a little while <laughs> to get around the whole of the teacup. It's kind of like going around the whole of your life. I was going to ask, how long did it take you to get to where you are now being comfortable with all of these symbols and like learning everything that you had to learn to go into this I would actually say like because I started out reading tarot cards right which is like it's very much a system in itself um I always say like tarot cards are occult symbology um the Norman cards are folk symbology and tea leaves are kind of more folksy um, in terms of their symbology. I never had an interest in tea leaves until I was 22. I went through like a bit of a transition period where I've been reading tarot cards for years, but I wanted to take it up to the next level. So I started learning astrology and palmistry. And uh, my auntie, who's quite elderly now, she gave me a deck of cards that were her grandmother's. Um, she has a, like an antique crystal ball from her and everything. But the thing she talked about the most from her uh, was the tea leaf readings. You know, she was great with tea leaf readings and it was so popular back then. So I started just like dabbling with myself and I did start with um, like an astrology cup. <laughs> like one of those ones with the symbols on the on the oh, inside yeah. which wasn't helpful um but it's it's been a journey like over years I think you kind of have to learn um divination systems one by one is helpful but once you've learned it you can see how it bleeds into everything else um yeah, I found the the drawing the cup immensely helpful with that. I don't necessarily think that tea leaf reading is the kind of thing that you can learn by doing a class. I mean, potentially you could, but I, I really think it's one of those things where you have to learn symbology and you have to learn what that means to you personally. Yeah, it's very hands-on and just takes takes time to figure out for yourself. Yeah, and there is a tricky part as well of some things in the cup being uh what's the word symbolic uh whereas some things are quite literal so I remember my auntie telling me uh not my great auntie not not the one who um you know had a fortune teller grandmother or whatever but like my mom's sister she went to a tea leaf reader I think back in the 80s because even then it was like still a little bit more popular and the lady told her um oh I see you coming into some money in three weeks three months or three years like she couldn't tell her which one it was because it was just like the shape of a number three in the cup which is a sort of time scale um which reminded me of Lenormand cards and she won I think a thousand pounds um like on a bingo <laughs> uh like three weeks later well it turned out to be three weeks later so the three was very literal um it wasn't like a symbolic three it wasn't like um you know what's the third house or anything else uh some symbolic of the number three um so it can be tricky to to differentiate what is literal between symbolic are you seeing a cat in the cup um is it the symbol of a cat or is it someone's like actual pet it's it's difficult to do that but I think the more you get into it the 
more your intuition kind of flows with it. And it's whatever comes to your mind first. Um, and sometimes, very occasionally, it can be both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been trying to do that of just trusting my gut instinct of like whatever comes to my mind first, instead of then, you know, debating it and going to look it up in a book. I'm like, let's just try to trust myself and go with my first instinct on things. Mm -hmm. And it can take a while to break the mold. I remember like the first few years, I would very much willingly, and this is not a good thing, but I would probably willingly see tarot symbols all the time in the cup. But it's just because tarot is what I was so familiar with. I'm like, that is definitely a sword. That has to be a cup, you know? Um, so I was kind of interpreting them in a tarot sense. It was almost like a tarot reading through tea leaves, if it was there, um, because I just wasn't familiar with the rest of the symbols yet. Yeah, I think I run into that problem too, because tarot is what I'm the most familiar with. Uh, but it's it's still fun, like learning new systems and trying to figure out new symbology instead of just relating everything back to tarot. It's the same for most tarot readers, I would say. They really get stuck on it, right? And a lot of tarot readers, um, they sort of learn some uh, astrology because like tarot is just so mirrored with astrology, especially these days. But they they don't challenge themselves. You know, if I was to go up to a tarot reader and be like, give me a reading, and they pulled out their tarot cards and I said, not with them, they probably wouldn't be able to do it. Um, you know, if you really get outside yourself and learn different systems, it's only going to improve uh, your tarot practice, really. But you almost have to, like, refrain from it a little bit to give time. Sometimes people, and this has happened to me before, I lost the ability to read tarot a few years ago, like, just could not do it. Um, the card where I knew what all the cards meant, but it was not piecing together in a story for me. Um, and I figured out eventually it's because I was just getting stuck in it. I was getting stuck in the same three systems like palmistry, astrology, and tarot. Um, but I was meant to break out in other things. So I learned Lenormand cards. Um, and now I actually read tarot in a completely different way because I know Lenormand and I feel like it's more accurate the way I read now in terms of like time scales, um, in terms of general readings. Um, it's, it's only going to help you grow, but people are afraid. <laughs> they want to lean on what's comfortable. <laughs> that is so true. It's like one of my biggest pitfalls. <laughs> yeah. Try, uh, you, you can take a, um, simple as well. I mean, if you're not comfortable interpreting, um, you know, animals in the cup or patterns or astrology shapes, look for simple things, look for numbers, look for letters, you know, you might see the first letter of someone's name kind of coming in. Um, and your intuition will kind of help with that. Um, but you have to figure out your own style. Um, just don't get stuck in seeing the same things all the time or relying on one method, one system. I should probably try out like coffee reading now that I've said that like <laughs> I just don't like I just don't like coffee like I wouldn't have any other use for it uh, I the other way I don't love tea so much but I love coffee <laughs> I think it's like, like I've never done a coffee reading though I should do that too America. <laughs> <laughs> all my American friends love a cup of joe um we but really tea do. is just so <laughs> so traditional here um and it's something nice to connect over as well I mean tea leaf reading historically it was available to everyone right maybe not during um the war or difficult times but um you know a lot of people associate tea leaf reading with like the lower classes and um the sort of middle class and whatever but it was very much popular among aristocracy I think um 
I read somewhere once that uh, it was sort of traditional for the lady of the house, the um, the baroness or the duchess or whatever, she would read the fortunes of the servants in the teacup. So it really is something that brings everyone together, not just sharing a cup of tea to enjoy it, um, but wondering what is seen in that and what it kind of means. Because it's very personal, almost like palmistry in a sense, where it's your hands, um, it's your tea leaves, because you've poured that tea, you've potentially drank it, um, you've turned it over, so it's your cup. Yeah, which is something that I do enjoy about it. That is, you know, a great way to personalize everything and really get your energy and intention into what you're doing and just connect, you know, all of your mind, body, soul, everything into one practice and really be in the moment. That's something I do enjoy about the tea leaf reading and potentially coffee readings. (laughs) Add that to the list. Yeah, coffee, wine, that would be another fun one to do, kind of what I mentioned earlier. I forget the name of that. That has a particular name, but um, reading the the dregs or the stains of the wine, because um, I've seen it, like I've seen people's, I don't, I'm not a big wine drinker at all, but I've seen like people who drink red wine, um, their glass has that sort of coating after it. And it's not just lipstick, it's like the actual wine <laughs> that is like leaving um, patterns or shapes on the side. So um, it's fun to do, you know, if you don't have a teacup, maybe you have a wine glass um if you're in a wine yeah that would be a fun one too I like yeah that. well before we run out of time here i just wanted to let the listeners know that you are going to be back we talked about this uh before we started recording that we were originally going to do tea leaves and crystal balls in one episode, but you quickly realize that we have way too much to say about uh, yeah, crystal yeah. balls. They're going to be a separate episode. So Caleb will be back, everyone, in the fall, winter sometime, and we will be doing a crystal ball episode with even more information on divination and crystal balls. So if you have any specific questions about that, that will be coming. Yeah, that's another curious one that I feel like is lost in time from the 1800s, like crystal ball, tea leaves, like these are all kind of like older methods that are sort of making a revival, but people don't really know where to start because we've lost that sort of, um, I guess you could say like folksy imagination or a connection to it. It seems very mysterious and elusive or difficult, but they're actually much more simple than you would think. Um, it's, it's really just getting in in touch with that sort of creative muscle around it um, and accessing the imagination for it is necessary. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to chat about that because I love a good crystal ball (laughs) and I have the same struggles as I do with the tea leaf reading. So excited to that Everyone loves it. It's it's (laughs) iconic. And we had planned on talking a bit about both. Um, And I think, you know, both kind of link into the whole symbology um it's just when I started thinking about the methods I was like oh, there's probably a lot more to say about crystal ball actually and it's quite <laughs> different from how you read tea leaves <laughs> yeah like you were saying they are all so different they kind of do eventually bleed into each other but it's when you're first diving in it's really sort of different and important to learn each one on its own yeah give give time each one so you're sort of confident um in one before you move into the other and then when you learn the next one you'll realize the similarities and the differences um there is both there's different ways you can do it but always similarities in terms of um yeah I guess the symbology and learning learning how to read um symbols well I want to thank you so much for being here again it's always so much fun to chat with you I know everybody loves to hear from you (laughs) 
<laughs> and, uh, listeners, I will have everything linked over at whichwednesdays.com as always. So you can find all of Caleb on social media and everywhere else. If you have follow-up questions, want to book palmistry, tea leaf readings, all of those things, um, you will be able to find him, but thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for chatting. And listeners, that's everything that we have for this week. I will see you in the next one. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.